Welcome to another episode of Unapologetically. I'm your host, Jackie, and I am recording this live in Austin, Texas. I will keep this introduction short and sweet, but I am here presenting at South by Southwest EDU, which is the education version of the conference. So over the next week, you're going to probably hear about different advocacy groups, educators, creatives that are taking this conference by storm. And I can't wait to meet some friends that have been virtual friends for a very long time and be with my colleagues presenting on a topic that I know we care very deeply about, which is building affinity spaces for educators and just really being in community with folks who care very passionately about the education world. I really wanted to record the episode where I talk about leaving teaching, leaving a job in general. I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people no matter what your profession is, but I really wanted to record that episode for release the first day of the conference because I want to put voice to the state of education that we're finding ourselves in right now. But there was a bit of me that I think really struggled with this particular topic. Um, It's no surprise that I've struggled a lot with my decision to leave teaching. And there's so much negative that is talked about with education, with teaching in general. And a lot of it's true. I'm not going to deny that by any means. But there's so much good in that career that... I think people need to hear both sides of it. I think also people need to hear what it's like once you leave education and how you transition from the classroom to an office job, because that's probably what you're going to transition to and what that's like for a lot of folks. So much light is going to be shined on the education world this week at South by Southwest. And a lot of the topics are really resonating with me particularly how we sustain teaching, how we make sure that teachers are getting the spaces that they need to do their best work, how we innovate for students. So there's going to be a lot of really wonderful conversation at this conference, and I can't wait for um, for this week. And I think I'm going to be very inspired to record that particular episode once I get back. The episode today is going to be on a topic that will resonate with a lot of people, much like leaving your job is going to resonate with a lot of people. The topic today is being a working mom. I interviewed my friend Shanna, who is a litigation attorney. She just returned from maternity leave not too long ago with her second child. So she is going to talk about how she balances it all. She has a lot of really useful and helpful advice. I think that anyone who prioritizes work over everything, you're going to get something out of it, whether you are a parent or not. I also think that it is a really good lesson in making sure that you prioritize yourself and a reminder that you can't be good for others if you aren't good to yourself. So much of why I burned out was because I wasn't taking care of myself. My last full year of teaching, I was sick constantly. 
because I was not taking care of myself. I was not prioritizing exercise. I wasn't making time for my friends. And so Shanna brings a lot of really great pieces of advice to light. So I do hope that you enjoy my interview with Shanna Valeni. I am so grateful to be introducing you all to my friend Shanna, who is a mom of two beautiful girls. She is working outside of the home as a litigation attorney, so she is a badass. In her own words, she is swimming along in certain areas of her life where others she is barely treading water. At times, she may be on the verge of sinking, but she finds time for herself. Shanna, welcome. I'm so happy that you are here. I know that this introduction will resonate with so many people in the audience. So I just want to get us started. Why is it so important for you to be unapologetic about being a working mom? Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on here and to share my story and how I am trying to live unapologetically as a working mom. To get where I am as a litigation attorney, it took a lot of work, right? It took a lot of years through school. Once I became an attorney, I don't know how many... I'm 10 years in and I still feel like every day I'm learning something new at work. So it requires so much effort, but it's really, really fun. But it's so important for me to continue to build on the skills that I started building on in high school when I decided I wanted to go to law school. You put so much time and effort into what you've built. And just because you also have this dream of wanting to be a mom and becoming a mom, you don't have to lose that. So I love that. When you think about what you might be teaching your girls as you balance working mom life, what would you say to them about this journey that you're on? Yeah, you know, I think I would say it is a very individualized journey. And Mm -hmm. it's something that you really have to decide for yourself. Do you want to go out there and use you know, skills, um, degrees, or do you want to use other life skills in the home and stay at home and raise a family? Both are equally important. But for me, I think living life as happy as you can, for me, looks like working outside the home. I am not someone who's cut out to be a stay-at-home mom because it requires, in my opinion, a lot of creativity So I just, it's not meant for me, but it is meant for other people and knowing your strengths, learning your strengths, and then living your life according to those strengths, I think is such an important lesson. There is so much mom guilt around leaving your children with other caregivers, whether that's family, whether that's going to a daycare. How do you handle that when you feel that or if you've ever felt that? Yeah. You know, I certainly did feel it when I was first going to go back to work after having my five-year-old. And I learned very quickly that for my family, me going back to work and having my daughter with other caregivers was one of the best things that I could do for her. So she, the way I like to look at it is she is exposed to so many different people, so many different points of view so many different interests that she would not otherwise be exposed to if she was staying home with me all the time. And and 
I am forever grateful for the people in my daughter's lives that have taught them, molded them, and cared for them in ways that I wouldn't. So she is getting this well-rounded education of how to be a human. And I love that for her. And I'm so thankful that she gets to experience all the diversity. So for the audience, Shanna is also mom to a pretty new baby. Was there any way that you approached going back to work differently with your second born as opposed to your first born? So the approach that I had was not any different, but my kind of nervousness about going back to work yeah. was less. And as one, honestly, I think my favorite thing is I am less nervous about my actual work responsibilities as well. So you know, like I have a trial on Friday, right? My last trial that I had, I would have been losing my mind right now. It's yeah. just so full of nerves. But having a second has really allowed me to step back and see, you know, work is important and sometimes it has to be my priority. But the most important thing is my girls and my family and getting to come home to them. It just like takes away that level of stress that I used to not be able to always get rid of. I love that you don't have any guilt or shame around, yeah, sometimes I have to prioritize my job and that's okay. But when it comes down to it, my family comes first, no matter what. And I know that a lot of places of work are not necessarily as helpful in that realm when you think about, you know, family work balance. So I think it's really wonderful that you're able to, you know, step into your own and say, hey, that's not going to work for me. I need to make sure that my family is taken care of, you know, while you also, you know, kick ass at work. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I've been very lucky to have a very supportive work environment. And the funny thing is I'm actually the only female attorney in my little group within my firm. Which is great, but, you know, that would make you think like, oh, it's all guys. They're not going to understand, right? But, you know, I have a coworker that has four young kids and another coworker who has two young kids who's very, and they're both very involved with their families. So it's easy to talk to them about the responsibilities and how I need to divvy those up between family and work. And there's been nothing to support that. And I know that this is a little off topic, but what is it like being the only female voice in an office like that when you think of being a working mom or just what work looks like for you as the only female representative in your office? Yeah. Well, so I am lucky in the respect that we have two other groups within my firm and they have female attorneys. So I have, you know, an outlet for female attorneys at work. But the the close-knit group that I work with, I am the only attorney that's a female. And That does put sometimes a little bit more responsibility on me, but I have the benefit, I think, because I'm a lawyer, I can do a lot of my work from home and yeah. I get the the privilege to do a lot of my work from home, whereas some of our support staff, the male attorneys rely on them so heavily that they unfortunately do not get the benefit of working from home. So okay. I, I feel extremely blessed and extremely lucky that I get that opportunity. That's so awesome. I mean, and again, I I assume that that would probably help too in terms of your work-life balance, right? Oh, absolutely. It has been a game changer. I have not always been able to work from home. 
Um, but now that I do, I get to kind of live a little bit like the best of both worlds. My children are not home with me when I'm working from home. But yeah. instead of commuting home, I get to use that time to try to like cook dinner for my kids or I get to, like on Wednesdays, I am done with work at 4.15 because I have to take my daughter to basketball practice. Huh. If I was at the office, that would be a lot harder to do. It's so interesting to me to hear just how much time it frees up for you mm-hmm. to be with family, for you to do things for your family if needed, but also, you know, take time for yourself. You've really done a great job of prioritizing yourself. And I'm sure that at some points you've also faced some challenges. So what are some of those challenges that you faced being a working mom and how have you been able to overcome those? Yeah, even though I am working from home a lot, it still can be really hard to, you know, shut down for the day or race home from the office for the day and like plan a meal, prep a meal and cook a meal. And by the, sometimes by the time that's done is like seven o'clock at night and the kids have to go to bed. So you barely spend any time with them, which is really sad. So one of the things I did is I started ordering Blue Apron meals, which, yeah. you know, the the shopping is done for you. Oh, some of the prep is done for you. The planning, which I think is the hardest part, is done for you. And so it is something my husband should easily do, which is nice. <laughs> so that frees up, honestly, so much of my time. And I think a lot of people may sometimes think that Blue Apron or other meal services are cost prohibitive. Uh, but for me, it saves us so much money because we don't waste food. That's um, so true. And we don't order out as much. Yeah. So it, although, you know, it, it maybe looks pricey, it saves us a ton of money, which is always also a nice little benefit. Absolutely. Do you feel like, you know, once the kids go to bed, do you use that time for yourself or is it more about work? Yeah, um, you know, it depends on the day and it depends on what is going on at work versus at home. So right now, I feel like I'm just, I'm newly back to work from maternity leave. It was at like mid-January, I came back to work. So I'm still in the process of kind of navigating, like getting all the bottles washed for the next day, like pumping before I go to bed so that I don't wake up in the middle of the night leaking milk everywhere. But before I was in that kind of newborn stage, some nights I would do chores around the house. Other nights I would go like exercise after the kids went to bed. It really just depends on what my, honestly, my soul is feeling like I need to do. I either need to do some housework and that's going to make me feel better, or I need to watch it beat, or I need to read, or I need to work out. You know, it's like a, a day-to-day what's going to make me feel the happiest in this moment. What are some of those ways that you make yourself happy so there's actually a lot of things. Exercise is something that I truly, truly love. I love just going for walks. I love running, doing spin classes. I Are you still doing Peloton pretty regularly? Y- yes. Right now, it's just very much walking classes or hiking yeah. classes on the treadmill. Like running that. feels very clunky for me at this postpartum stage <laughs> in my life. Yeah. But yes, I love the Peloton content. I like rave about it whenever I can. And one of the things I really love about it is I can bring my daughter in and they have like family cardio classes. And so sometimes I'll be on the treadmill and Josie's doing like the Little Mermaid family cardio class. And I get to like watch her and like joke with her while we're both exercising together, which is really fun. 
But other than exercise, I play on a co-ed volleyball team, which I played volleyball all through like my life growing up. So it's something that I've always loved and I continue to do it. I've recently learned that I like to paint and I like to try to draw. For some reason, it's like this like new thing in my life. Like it's it's something that's so different from anything I've ever done before. So it's using this whole separate side of my brain and this creativity. It just can be really, really relaxing. And it's fun to see how terrible I am at like how to draw a bird. Like I'm it's sorry hilarious. Not. No, it's and I am, but it's okay. Like I like that actually. Yeah. It's, it's like nice to do something and know that you're not gonna do it well and being okay with that. You're not doing it to be good at it. You're doing it because you think it's fun. Well, and I think that that's also a really good brain exercise, right? Because if we're using our free time to try to be perfect at something. And are you really relaxing? You know what I mean? So I guess you're totally right. We just had this Galentine's Day brunch. We each brought a favorite thing of ours. And Shanna, your gift was a do-it-yourself paint set. Is that right? It's a paint by numbers. So it's like a canvas that has like all of these tiny, tiny little spaces that are numbered. And then it comes with the paint that's also numbered. And you paint like the corresponding spaces with the... Like if it's a number two and the paint that's yeah. a two is red, you know, you paint it red. And then you come up with this like beautiful picture. It is very tedious. And it took me, I've only done one fully and it took me forever, like months. But I loved it. I will make a little pitch for this. I totally think that everyone should try to listen to an audiobook while they do paint by numbers at some point in their life. Yeah. Last year I stayed up. Around Christmas time, it's like two o'clock in the morning, and I was working, mind you. I'd say up until two o'clock in the morning, listening to an audiobook and painting. And I, but I still felt refreshed the next day because I was doing something that was making me so happy. I was gonna say that sounds actually very relaxing. I'm so one thing that Shanna and I have in common is that we both really like to read. For me, if I need to take a breather or if I need to, you know, wind down, that's what I do. Is I I read. So it sounds like you do a lot of things that bring this happiness to your life, which is so wonderful. So what are some other ways that you celebrate yourself and how you've chosen to live unapologetically in this working mom space that you found yourself? Yeah, you know, I really like to share the kind of the triumphs and my defeat with my my children, specifically my older daughter, because she can kind of understand when I'm having a good day or something really good happened at work, I love being able to tell her about it and how hard that I worked for something and how I got great results as a result of my hard work. And she gets so excited for me and she asks me so many questions about it. And uh-huh. although I knew she doesn't completely understand, it's just another way for us to bond. And I mean, she, so right now, if you were to ask her what she wants to be when she grows up, she says, oh, no. Oh, my goodness. I know. And generally, you would think, at least it's my thought, that most kids that would say that are, like, staying at home with their moms all the time. Yeah. They have a stay-at-home mom. So the fact that she says and says it often makes me think, like, okay, I'm doing something right. You know, I even though I'm not home with her all the time, she's getting enough out of our mother-daughter relationship, and I love it for her. That's so wonderful. Oh, that's such a sweet story. 
Yeah. I love that. It's, it's really fun. And then other ways that I like to celebrate myself, I honestly, I have just been in this whole era of trying new things. And I used to be very like, it was like exercise or sports. That was kind of my thing. That was what I always knew or like schoolwork. But I started doing with our friend Elise, her and I did an adult dance together. It was so fun. And I would have kept going, but I got pregnant. So we were doing like a hip hop class. And it was one of the funnest things that I have done in such a long time. That is so fun. Yeah. I I mean, continuing to learn new things, not like keep all of my focus at work or keep all of my focus at home, but focusing on just continuing to build myself as a person and continuing to learn the things that I like has been a really fun journey over the last couple of years. It's so awesome that you found this space to do all these things that make you happy and allow you to celebrate yourself. How do you balance that with oh, I have to get the laundry done. I have to clean the house. I have to do this. How do you make sure that you're, you know, prioritizing what you need to in that moment? How do you make that decision? Yeah. So with with housework, it's kind of like, all right, it's now, like now is the time or else our lives are just going to like explode. <laughs> right. Um, it is like a constant, like clothes all over the place. Like Josie, changes out of her pajamas into school clothes in our living room every morning. So like she was just with, like pajamas strewn everywhere. So it's something that it's like if I wouldn't be able to go exercise or sit down and read without feeling anxious because our house needs to be picked up, then yeah. that's when I know like, okay, I really need to spend an hour or two hours to pick up or clean. They have all a cleaning lady that comes like once every, she hasn't been coming lately because I've gone to her leave. Right. But before that, she would come once every other week. And that just helped take some of that like big time consuming cleaning off my plate. So I could focus on doing more fun stuff. I've also started giving Josie a little chore chart. So oh, she's involved in the process of helping pick up like, you know, picking up our shoes or helping to clear the plates and load the dishwasher after dinner so trying to make it like a family affair is is really the only way to get it all done so moving into our conversation about some common stereotypes that you feel you're breaking as a working mom what are some of those and how do you handle those yeah so i think one of the stereotypes is i don't make time as a working mom i don't make time for my family and i don't prioritize my family and that is just not true it, because yeah. I do actively make an effort to like sign. When I sign Josie up for activities, I obviously don't sign her up for, you know, like dance class in the middle of the day to where I would always miss it, right? She is signed up for things that I can like take her to, I can be a part of with her. Love that. And, you know, the best way for me to care for my family is to be doing what I'm doing, which is working, earning money to saving, paying off my student loans. It's just, and in some families, I know the makeup is totally different. And being a stay-at-home mom is like the best choice for that family. But for me, it's just, this is what's going to be best for us. And it's what's going to make my entire family the overall the happiest and healthiest family. I love that message because I think so much of social media tries to pit them against each other. Like, 
being a stay-at-home mom is the only way to be or being a working mom is the only way to be. And it's really what works best for your family. And I think sometimes we get into this conversation of, you know, well, this is harder than this. And that's just not the reality. Absolutely. I mean, they are both. And I can kind of comment on like what it would be like to be a stay-at-home mom because yeah. I just was one during maternity leave for right. three months. They're both equally hard, just in different ways. So for me, like being a stay-at-home mom, you are just constantly overstimulated by your children. Yeah. And constantly like someone's touching you, someone needs you. The house is like your sole job is to make sure the house is like spotless and that the meals are cooked. And that's a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility, yeah. right? And so people that choose to take on that role in their family, tough skin, and they have a lot of perseverance. And I, Definitely. you know, applaud that 100%. Conversely, you know, my job and making time for him and my family is just as difficult, just different. I have a good friend who is a stay-at-home mom. And to your point, she was, especially when her kids were a little bit younger, she was making all of these activities and she always on the floor playing with her children or she was making these really great lunches and dinners for them. And, you know, she was doing it all. But she was also really good at prioritizing her workouts and making sure that she did things for herself. And again, I don't think they need to be pitted against each other in any way. And I think a lot of times that's what we see. I think for both of them, no matter what, what makes it easier is the support that you find yourself surrounded by. How have you been able to build a community of support around you to make sure that you're able to live this life as a working mom? Yeah. So one of our biggest benefits, when I first found out I was pregnant with Josie, we moved from one town to another. Mm -hmm. And the town that we moved to is the town my husband grew up in. And we live in the same subdivision as Bayes Laws. Yes, you do. <laughs> I mean, and, and so many people are like, oh, like that would be terrible. Like I would never do that. Honestly, I love it. My in-laws at number one are just phenomenal. And yeah. they're like those supportive, kind people. But we can just like drop the kids off down there. Tom and I feel like we need to have a date night. We can just call them up and be like, hey, is it okay if we drop the girls off for a couple hours? We're going to go to dinner. My mother-in-law has been the part-time caretakers for lovely girls. Yeah. And then I'm lucky enough to have some other moms that are stay-at-home moms who are kind of manning to the girls. But for Josie to see how all of these different people in her life have shaped her interests and her personality, it it has just been an amazing roller coaster of a ride and continuing just to like reach out to friends and family to be a part of that roller coaster ride has just been such a blessing. I hope to be able to continue to utilize it going forward. Yeah. When you think about that mom guilt, what do you do to help yourself navigate that? Do you rely on girlfriends? Do you, you know, talk to your husband? What is your go-to way to navigate that? Yeah, uh, kind of the combination of all of the So I I talk to my girlfriends and a lot of girls that I went to college with and I'm really close with all younger kids on the page. So yeah. they're kind of experiencing the same thing that I am. 
Tom and I talk a lot about making sure you're setting boundaries with the screen time so that we don't always feel that guilt, right? Like I think right. that the screen can be an amazing tool when used the right way. And it's not always used the right way in my house. So I don't want to make it sound like we're just like really great screen use family. So I say I've started to try to engage with screen time more with her. So well, and, and yeah, I mean, I have always said I don't like video games and nothing against video games. I just didn't want to play them. It's not really my thing. But Josie and Tom talked me into playing Rocket League with them, which is car soccer. It probably doesn't make sense. But now we, like all three, will play together. And if she's getting screen time, at least we're all doing it together. And we're laughing and joking and bonding. Great thing. And that's all that matters, right? Is that it's that quality time, you know? She's always going to remember that. I was in a similar situation. It was like on the old Nintendo machine and we had, you know, Mario and we had this golf game and my dad would come upstairs with me and my two brothers and we would all take turns playing this golf game. I have very vivid memories of laying on the floor with my brothers and my dad and we're all just playing this game and it was it's such a nice memory. Um, especially because my older brother is so much older than me. I don't have a lot of memories from like my childhood of just me and him. And so I think those memories are really important for kids. As long as you're spending that quality time, I think that's that's all that matters, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, being able to, it's, that's what we have to do. Playing video games together is what we have to do to keep like the evening running smoothly to keep everyone's yeah. emotions in check, to keep us all relatively right happy, then I think it is the benefit that way. Yeah. And I'm sure as you're talking, a lot of people who are hearing this probably are breathing a sigh of relief because I know that there is a lot of guilt around particularly screen time. And everyone's always like, I'm not, I'm not doing enough or I'm giving them way too much time on the screen. I think, no, it's probably pretty normal. And it's also, like you said, it's helping them develop skills that they are going to need. And it's also really great that Josie does have these other girls that she's able to play with and other friends that she has that. So she gets a good balance of that. Now she's got a little sister that she can play with, which is the best. Yeah, it's really great. And we we do emphasize when it is nicer outside, Josie is built yes. more and she's like playing with all the kids in the cul-de-sac. Uh, so it really is a nice little balance. And I just hope that people can kind of take a step back and, and take a deep breath and realize that kids are a well-rounded life, even if they do have screen. Yeah. What a good message. So I know we talked a little bit about your husband and... I can imagine that both of you have very busy schedules, as you've already talked about. How do you really think about any guilt that you have around spending time with him? And when you think about your relationship with him, how does that factor into what you're prioritizing on a daily basis? Yeah. So for us, we really have to communicate about our schedules and we don't feel guilty about having to take time to sit down and plan when we are going to do X, Y, or Z. Like, when are we going to go out to dinner? When are we going to sit down 
just like watching me together. Yeah. So I don't really feel a ton of guilt about our relationship other than, I guess, to the respect that I'm not like a Susie homemaker. So yeah. we have both very kind of defined rules with like housework stuff. So I do my laundry and he does his own laundry. We then both just kind of do the girls' laundry when we see it needs to be done. Right? I love that. We like yeah. very much our partners in every aspect of our lives. And that's all because we communicate really well. And when work is like extremely stressful for me, I make sure I let him know ahead of time. So like for my trial coming up, it's Star's Friday and it's going to probably be like a week and a half long. Yeah. So I'll be up until like two o'clock in the morning working and then I'll wake up at like five to get ready and go downtown for a trial. And so like, I'm not going to be home. And he already knows like he's going to have to prioritize home during a week and a half. And he's going to have right. to rely on other support system to help with this. But then it goes both ways. Like he has times during his work where he has to prioritize work and I prioritize in our family. It's That's really great. a give and take of working, working together. Now him and I play video games together. Now I like <laughs> Rocket League. We'll stay up that and just so laugh hysterically. Yeah. It's really That's all so at my nice. expense. We just laugh at how terrible I am at video games, but it's really fun. I love that. And again, that's the quality time that, you know, I think is so special and so important. And I love your message around communicating because I think for no matter what, you know, level you are in your relationship, communication is really the key to keeping it going and to make sure that you both are on the same page and I can imagine that when kids get mixed in there, that communication becomes all the more important when you're navigating two different schedules on top of the girl schedules too. Yeah, it really does. And, and just communicating to each other, you know, just about our schedules, but about, you know, what we need from each other, what maybe we need to change or work on. Just having like open dialogues. And are they always perfect? No. But so we're always showing up each and every day for each other, for a family, whatever that looks like on a given day, right? Sometimes yeah. it's 25%, sometimes 75%, but we're always showing up for each other in our family. And I think what's so beautiful about what you're saying is you don't have to be perfect at all the times. You don't, you know, no one's ever perfect. But I think, again, Social media has shown us this picture of what it looks like to be a mom or what it looks like to be a partner. And it's this is such a good reminder that <laughs> that's all bullshit, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, sometimes some people might look at our lives and think like, oh, it's it's maybe glamorous because they're lawyers or yeah. they have it all together because they're managing sure. work and their kids. But life is just as hectic for us and anyone, right? Like our house is messy a lot and that's okay. I mean, does yeah. it sometimes stress me out? Yeah. But I'd rather spend time laughing and playing than cleaning. Yeah. You know? So I just, I hope that other people like can hear that and think like, okay, it's okay if I, you know, hold off on doing the dishes tonight and play with my kids instead. Yeah. And again, it's all about those memories that you're creating with them. So what would be your advice 
for working moms who are listening to this who really do want to advocate for themselves? What are just some pieces of advice you could offer some of our working mom friends who are listening to this? Yeah, I think it's really important to make sure you are communicating what you need. Don't be afraid to say no to something, right? Mm-hmm. So like, for example, I get my my boss asks me, like, are you available to do X, Y, and Z for something of the tour obligation? Love and that frame. I mean, yeah, he says it in a great way. And there's a lot of times I say, yeah, say, yeah. But there are times when I say no. And, and I, you know, I don't feel guilty about that because I put in the work that I need to put in. I do a good job and I communicate with him well in advance. Yeah. It can be really difficult with friends. I feel like sometimes friends fall to the wayside mm-hmm. because you like to. You know, if you're an, if you're a working mom, like you have to work, right? You have to spend time with your family, take care of your family. So how do you fit friendships in? Right. And I think for me, I've been able to do that. And I, I highly recommend like finding something that you love, like a hobby that you love to do and include your friends in it. So um, for example, I trained for a half marathon and yeah. I would go on long runs with our friend Joe. And it was yeah. a great time for him and I to chip, you know, every Sunday morning we be out there together, spending time chatting, gossiping. It was fun. Or having Elise go to dance class and yeah. my teammates on my volleyball team. So like finding things that you love, that bring you joy, and including the people in your life that you feel like you, maybe you're missing a little bit. Add them in. Bring them along for the ride. That is such a good piece of advice. I feel Again, I'm not a mom, but just thinking about that I'm not getting daily text messages from them. I know it's really like I have to plan so much in advance to see them, which is totally fine for me. I don't think a lot of people who, especially guys, don't necessarily understand what it's like to be a person in a group of girls that is not a mom who's trying to plan things with the moms. They're like, well, why can't you go out on Saturday with your friends? Well, it's a little more difficult to plan with all of my friends who are moms than, you know, it is with your guys, right? Um, But I love the idea of incorporating a hobby and doing that and getting as many people to do that as possible. Yeah, it really just helps, I think, like kind of fill your bucket. You know, everyone always says you can't pour from an empty, right? Yeah. And, you know, finding things that fill your cup and that could maybe it is cleaning maybe like cleaning your house fills your cup That's for me that would be filling my cup really yes <laughs> then do it you know and yep. do it and maybe yep. like you should have some girlfriends on the phone and you're having like a three-way phone call while you're cleaning yeah. right or if going to the library fills your cup you know take your friend along it's just it's all about finding the things that you truly enjoy. And for some people, and like, it truly can take time to learn what it is that you truly enjoy. Totally. As you're, especially as you get older, like you're not a kid anymore. So it's like going to the club is like not really options to choose from anymore, <laughs> right? Like that's not your identity. It's so trying, just like try new things. And if you like it, then stick with it. And if you don't, then like, okay, like check off the list let's move on to something different i really think like having a recurring like event on your calendar so yeah it's like every every other month on like the second saturday 
Okay, yeah. we go to brunch and that way yeah. everybody knows. And if you can make it that time, you can. And if you can't, you can't. But yeah, yeah. No, I don't know what it is. But since becoming a mom, like I can, it's it's much more difficult for me to be spontaneous. Yeah. And so I truly do. I very much appreciate like the planning you had and giving me enough time to like, do I have something to wear? No. When's the last <laughs> time I did laundry? I don't know. Right. But I have time to like lead up to it. Oh, that's so funny. That's so true, though. <laughs> I think that's true for any woman in their mid to late 30s where we're like, all right, we've got to figure this out. How do we put together an outfit again? But Shanna, it was so wonderful to have you. One thing that we didn't talk about is your book talk that you have recently launched. Do you want to share a little bit about that journey and how you got started with that? Yeah, you know, I honestly don't know what made me get with it other than seeing it. Like, I didn't know that book talk was a thing. I didn't have TikTok until pretty recently. Uh, and then I see all of these women on there talking about books, books that I've read and that I like. And I've wanted to be like in a book club for uh-huh. a long time. And it's just never like manifested. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm just going to get a book talk and I'm going to talk it. about the books that I like. And it's going to be my virtual book club. And it's been really, really fun. I mean, I have to learn like more technology than I'm yeah. used to working with, with like editing videos and whatnot. But I really, really enjoy it. And I am getting a lot of really good book recommendations. So that's like filling up my book, you know? All right, Chana. So where can everyone find your book talk? You can find me at Read. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I know that this episode has definitely resonated with lots of moms out there. And like I said, even as someone who is not currently a mom, I've learned a lot from you and how you live your life. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. And for all of you listening to another episode of Unapologetically, thank you so much for being here. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, share whatever your heart desires. And don't forget to go out there and live the best life you could imagine. Bye.